on Pop Bulls Nation, and welcome in to another fresh live episode of the CHGO Bulls Podcast. Woo! I am Matt Peck. Ow! You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host Big Dave Watson at Bow B-A-W-L Sports. Our other co-host, Mr. Will Gottlieb Ow! at Won't Gottlieb on Twitter. And you can follow us at CHGO underscore Bulls. Yes. Today's episode presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code. Don't forget it. CHGO. When you sign up to live your bet life. And gentlemen, it is an awesome Friday episode mm-hmm. of CHGO Bulls because we are about to bring in the first ever guest mm. of this new podcast and venture here that we have. You might know him. You might recognize him. He's the legend <laughs> in the little box right there. He's been covering Chicago Bulls and all kinds of Chicago sports uh, well, for a while, but he doesn't look nice. a day older than the day he started. Ladies nice and gentlemen, save. Mark Shinowski on the <laughs> pod with us. Welcome, Welcome to Mark. How are you? Gentlemen, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. The hair is still legendary. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I, uh, I I went back and did my, I don't know, third or fourth rewatch of the Last Dance documentary a yeah. couple months ago, mm-hmm. and that's just like... Mark, there's Mark! Just scattered throughout the footage of that documentary. Uh, you can catch Mark right now in a lot of places, contributing mm. to ABC7 here in Chicago, yes. Stadium slash Marquee, doing hits for them. And, of course, he is the voice of the Windy City Bulls yes. uh, and has been for the last few seasons. Also, maybe the coolest thing that Mr. Shanowski's doing right now, you guys, is the <laughs> Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. Gimme the Hot Sauce! With our pal well Stacy King. Mark, what has it been like? I We were just chatting before we went live that your most recent episode that dropped earlier today is Dominique freaking Wilkins. How cool has it been to do this pod with Stacey and talk to all these NBA legends? It has been an absolute blast, and it's funny. You know, it makes only perfect sense that the show would be called Give Me the Hot Sauce. And when we first started this venture, we were throwing names around, and it was always like King's Court or King's Hoops. or You know, so everything was based around King. And honestly, it took like a couple of days. And finally, you know, I just uh, sent a group text to the guys and I said, it's got to be give me the hot sauce. I mean, yes. end of the argument. You know, it's, it's perfect because that's his catchphrase. It's also a good name for a podcast that we're firing hot takes. And, you know, Stacy at first was, I think, was a little bit reluctant because I think he thought that it would be uh, taking advantage of a catchphrase. But I'm mm-hmm. like, if you want to try to get something off the ground, what better way to do that than a phrase that everybody knows? And, and this was so much fun because, as you guys are well aware, Stacy is the master storyteller. And he's also, you know, he's an entertainer. He mm-hmm. can sing. He can tell jokes. It's, mm-hmm. So the, the hour or so that we do the podcast every week just flies by. And, he, and he's been remarkable, whether he's been on the road. You know, he had that fight with COVID earlier this year, which was really scary. I mean, he was really down and out for about three weeks. Right. But, you know, he always comes in with a great attitude, always anxious to do it, and that makes it fun for everybody involved. Mark, aside from Give Me the Hot Sauce, do you have a favorite Stacyism? Because, I, I don't know, maybe, like, does anybody know how to upload videos to fa- Facebook podcasts? Could have been something. <laughs> that was one of his original <laughs> ones. He used to do that a lot with Taj Gibson when he'd have mm. a good play inside. But, you know, the, obviously the... The uh, moment of Stacey King that everybody remembers was the Derrick Rose dunk over mm. Dra- uh, Goran Dragic. And Derrick that will live Rose on forever. I mean, every time spiders. the anniversary comes around, that that is just fantastic. Uh, you know, the whole, he's from Chicago. Did you mm-hmm. not get the memo? I mean, it it is it will live on forever, well past Stacey. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a great moment. It kind of was one of the high points of the Derrick Rose era. And Stacey is always going to be associated very closely with that era of Bulls basketball. Has, has Stacy ever showed up to a show, Mark, with low energy? Where you were like, oh, I'm going to have to put the energy in on this one? A couple of times. I think that was mostly in and around the time that he was battling COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he didn't do the show for about three weeks at the height of it. But I, like the week before, you could tell he wasn't feeling all that good. And my mm-hmm. whole thought was, man, I hope he doesn't have COVID. And then, then he gives me a call and goes, hey, I tested positive. So <laughs> immediately that, that sent me scrambling to make sure that right. I w- wasn't infected as well. But um, no, I mean, he, he's been great. You know, he has the scars and the, uh, the physical toll of, of playing a long time in the NBA mm-hmm. and in the college ranks. Um, we were just talking yesterday. He came limping in and he's going to have to get one of his hips replaced, probably mm-hmm. both eventually. And you, you run into so many older athletes mostly in the pro football world that really paid a heavy toll for the amount of time that they were in the league. And 
you know, that, that takes a toll on your hips and your knees and all your joints. Mm -hmm. And so he's not getting around as well as he used to, but, but hopefully that he can get that surgery done this summer and it'll be a lot easier for him to get around. Maybe he's playing a little too much pickup with all these young guys, <laughs> that, that poor hip of his. Um, Mark, before we get into the Bulls, because there are some interesting updates and, you know, people excited about Caruso returning. The Bulls just ended that losing streak. I did want to ask you a little bit about this Windy City Bulls team. You know, Big Dave and I came out and saw you uh, for one of their games last weekend. They got a win against uh, our old pal Denzel and, uh, and the Boston Maine Celtics. <laughs> There's three names in particular, Devon Dotson, Marco Simonovich, and Tyler Cook, that I think Bulls fans might be most interested to hear more about. We've seen all three of them in spurts get called up and play with the big boys, but they are all with Windy City right now. Of those three, is it Dotson that's impressed you the most that you see has real potential NBA future? Is it Cook? Are you kind of souring on Marco after watching him for a full season? What's your take on that trio of players? I love Devon Dotson's game. This kid is fearless. He's probably about 5'11", 6 feet. They list him at 6'1 on the, on the scorecard. But, you know, he has the heart of a warrior. He is not going to back down to anybody. He puts his head down, goes into the lane, and he doesn't care what kind of player is in his path, whether it's a 6'10 power forward, a 7-foot center. He's going to go in there and try to score over the top of him. The thing that's been amazing about him is not only is he scoring about 20 points a game, he's pulling down six or seven rebounds, which mm -hmm. is pretty remarkable at that height, while also dishing out seven or eight assists. The problem with the Bulls situation was he's totally blocked on the Bulls. They've got five guards ahead of him, and that's not changing anytime soon. So I think ultimately he'll probably end up signing with another organization this summer, hopefully somewhere where he can get a chance to be part of the rotation. Because I think with his skill set, even though he's a little undersized, I think he'd be a really nice change of pace backup point guard for some NBA team. What's the one thing you've seen Dotson do? Because obviously the G League is for development. Uh, what's the one thing you've seen him kind of develop in his game where you were like, you know what, this kid's got it? I think the biggest thing that he needs to improve on is, is outside shooting. He needs to be more consistent in terms of three-point range. I think that will get him – uh, not only an invitation to some team's camp, it'll get him a standard NBA contract. If he can prove that he can make that shot more consistently, there's, there's really nothing he can't do. Mentioned he's undersized, but he still holds up very well on the defensive end. He is lightning fast from end to end. So if he pulls down a rebound, he can just take it himself and be a one-man fast break. Mm -hmm. He was one of the college player of the year guys at Kansas when he played for Bill South down there. And, you know, I think people forgot about him because he wasn't drafted. I was shocked some team didn't take a flyer on him in the second round, but the Bulls announced right after the draft that they were bringing him in for their summer league team. I think that there really isn't anything that he can't do. He just needs to be more consistent with his outside shot. I, I think he'll be a regular NBA player next year. Mm -hmm. And you're right about the rebounding because he had 12 rebounds that game when we went out there to see. I for real thought it was a typo. I thought they made a mistake up there <laughs> on the box score, man. But yeah, he does that routinely. I mean, it's it's been pretty remarkable the way he's been able to rebound from the point guard position. And it was funny. I know the same day that I saw you guys, his parents were in the crowd and they, and they came over to say hello and 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 thank me for saying nice things about their son. I'm like, hey, I I just call him like I see him. And I, mm -hmm. I said, you know, Devon has been fantastic. A uh, really great young man as well. And I felt bad for him because, you know, he got caught in that roster shuffle during the height of the, of the COVID roster shuffling for teams around the league where the Bulls needed a spot. They wanted to bring in another wing guy. So they decided they would sign Malcolm Hill to a two-way contract. And, mm -hmm. and now he never plays. He hasn't played for Windy City either. That's so I, I think that th that move was probably kind of something they didn't need to do. But uh, Devon didn't take it. You know, he was, he was disappointed, obviously. But he came back, signed a standard contract with Windy City, and just kept playing fantastic basketball. So, you know, like I said, he'll, he'll be with some team's summer league team, and hopefully that leads to signing a standard NBA contract and, and regular rotation minutes for some team next year. I always wish he could have had more of a chance with the Bulls, especially last year when things were a little bit more developmental. His speed is like a real weapon. He is mm -hmm. fast. Um, and, and to be able to put that kind of pressure on defenses, break things down, you see the passing um, – I think he's got a chance. I, I'm hoping he lands somewhere where he can play next year. Hmm. What, what about Marco, yeah. Mark? <laughs> Marco, Mark. I mean, <laughs> is it just that he needs to put some muscle on his frame? Uh, because 
especially given the, the Bulls' injuries and, and their lack of depth in the front court all season long and Bulls fans wondering, I mean, this, this guy Marco, who was first a draft in stash, now he's playing in Windy City. He, like, anytime he's gotten called up, he only plays mop-up minutes at the end of a game that's already been decided. Is it just the, the lack of muscle, or is it also, look, he still hasn't really found that, that range with that outside shot. I think he's shooting like less than 30% from behind the three-point line for Windy mm -hmm. City. What, what's your take on Marco, and, and is he a piece that could get there that could be usable for the Bulls? It's just going to take some more time. Well, Billy Donovan is usually very careful with his words and, and doesn't really criticize players very much. But he was asked a question about Marco earlier in the season, and he just said flat out, he is not ready to contribute at the NBA level. And that mm -hmm. was pretty stark for Billy because he's usually pretty good at couching any kind of criticism that he might have about an individual player. Marco has really improved over the last six weeks with Windy City, and I think they, that was the perfect thing for them to do. There was no sense for him to sit at the end of the bench when Billy didn't want to play him. Mm -hmm. Even in mop-up situations at time, he, times, he wouldn't put him in. Um, he's gotten a chance to play 10, 15, 20 games in a row playing 30-plus minutes with Windy City, and you're seeing the progress there. Uh, he, he's got a decent shooting touch. You mentioned he's not shooting well from three-point range, but you really don't want your 6'11 center out there on a regular basis anyway. I think that what's really improved for him is his court recognition. When he first came to Windy City, he looked confused as to how to handle double teams, how to pass out of the post. He's really improved in both of those areas. The one thing that's kind of funny with him is when he gets a defensive rebound, he likes to show he's a point guard at 6'11". So he'll bring the ball up the court and fire a no-look pass, which usually ends up in the front row. And I, I think that the coaches are trying to tell him, get the ball to a guard and get in the yeah. post. But, I, you know, the big thing for him, he's got to get stronger, obviously. He's, he only weighs a little over 200 pounds. But you see him before games. He's in the, their little small weight training area mm -hmm. at Now Arena. And he, he's pumping iron, and he's, he's working on it. Uh, the key for him is to be able to hold his position in the post because he's got a nice little touch with either hand to finish close to the basket. I think if they stick with him, make sure that he stays with the program in terms of his weight training. I think eventually he could be a, an NBA backup center, probably not next season, but maybe the year after. Let me ask you about uh, Tyler Cook. Uh, Will and I both love Tyler Cook. Will Big probably Tyler more Cook than guy. me. Uh, I literally Tyler. just typed into our Slack to Will. Want to ask about Tyler <laughs> Cook? <laughs> be looking at Slack more. Yeah, man. And I saw, we saw the numbers that he's putting up. Uh, in the G League, you know, 17 and 8, you know, he's been solid. When we saw him live, I didn't realize he had certain things to his game because I wasn't seeing that in the NBA. I didn't know he, he could actually bring the ball, you know, get the ball top of the key and, you know, make a move and get to the bucket like that. Um, what are your feelings on watching Tyler Cook uh, in the G League? I like Tyler Cook. I think that he has a possibility to be a backup power forward in the league. Much like with Devon Dotson, he needs to improve his outside shooting. He's also got a hitch in his free throw which he's got to smooth out because he's, he's really struggled at the free throw line in the G League and at the NBA level when he's played. Uh, I love his motor. You know, he's an energy guy. I, I, I like the way he attacks the offensive glass. And it's funny. Remember when Tristan Thompson came into the league, he shot left-handed? Yes. You guys remember that? <laughs> yes, yep. absolutely. And all of a sudden he decided, well, maybe I'm right-handed. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Tyler Cook might have the same problem because <laughs> if you notice, whenever he goes to the basket, he dunks it with his left hand. He tries to finish close-range shots with his left hand. Mm -hmm. He might wake up one morning and go, you know what? I'm not right-handed after all. Maybe that's going to help me. I think I'm a lefty. But, you know, <laughs> he, he is shooting from range is very limited right now. Mm -hmm. In the G League at 6'7", they say he's 6'8". That might be a little bit generous. He can overpower guys in the post. But when he gets up with the big boys in the NBA, a lot of those shots are going to get sent back at you. He's right. got to develop a consistent outside shot and a, a, a wider offensive skill set if he's going to stick in the NBA. But when you look at some of the guys that the teams are bringing off the bench at that backup four spot, I, could, I think he could find a spot in the league. He's definitely a tools guy. I love his athleticism. The first time I saw him play live was actually uh, before I moved back to Chicago, back in the Bay Area when they played the Warriors in November, and he got some minutes in that game. And he is just like eye-popping, explosive athleticism. Mm. Um, and I think he actually could work really well as sort of like a backup small ball five type. Mm -hmm. Where, I mean, we saw him try to guard Giannis. I said try did there okay intentionally. Against Giannis. He did He did all right. Yeah. Um, his athleticism can sort of allow him to switch. Um, he obviously can guard some bigger guys. And then just as sort of a, a rim-rolling five, like he's shooting, I think, 65% career. Um, on twos, 
So mm. uh, he can get up over the rim and be a lob threat. I, I think he's got some serious potential. Um, and there's sort of a role for a, a player like that on a lot of teams. We're hanging out yeah, here. Billy referenced, the, fa- Billy ahead, referenced the fact that uh, he, he had Tyler Cook guarding Giannis the first time they played the Bucks. And how would you like to be Tyler Cook? You know, on a two-way deal, and you're up for a cup of coffee, and they go, "Hey, next game we're going to start you. You're going to guard Giannis." Like, <laughs> oh yeah, thanks a lot. I could really That's show you. You're welcome to the NBA game. moment. <laughs> right, right. That, <laughs> yeah. that is the definition of getting thrown into the deep end. <laughs> hanging out here, CHGO Bulls podcast live on Friday. Hanging out in our studios downtown West Loop. Matt, Big Dave, Will Gottlieb, our first ever guest on this platform, yes. our pal Mark Shinowski. Follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Mark Shinowski. Tune into those Windy City Bulls broadcasts of his, and listen to give you the hot sauce podcast now mark we got a treat for you and it's a little thing called big dave doing an ad read are you ready for it oh, oh i'm ready <laughs> oh man i've never done this in front of a legend so we're gonna Pressure, do this pressure's right on, now dave. Pressure's, pressure's on, on baby yeah, got an audience. well let me go ahead and make a diamond here because yes <laughs> the best way to support chgo is to download the points bet app and use that code chgo when you sign up now points bet is your home for live in-game betting we are most excited for points bets new exclusive 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 feature live <laughs> NBA same game parlay, all right? Now, for the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same game parlay, and you can do that only with points bets. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. And if you want more, because you know you do, you want some cheese on it, you can also boost your live same game parlays. You can watch it live, you can parlay live, and you can boost it live all with points bets. And now, all the people in Illinois, you don't have to leave your home because it is cold outside. It is snow on the ground. Nope. You can stay at home and sign up online like everybody else now. You can download that PointsBet app today and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. Mm. Sign up. Signing up is the fastest sports book is now easier than ever. Right there. So you can start living your bet life in seconds, just use that code CHGO to get two risk-free bets for up to $2,000. Now, because once the game starts, you don't just bet. What do you do, Will? You live your bet life. Points bet. Let's do that. <laughs> Woo! Mark, you ever throw some same-game parlays down when you're watching the Bulls? No, no. I've worked too hard to make that money. I like that. <laughs> 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 Fair enough. Um, you hey, gotta Steve. tell your pal Stacy that uh, Big Dave is in the Stacy King University of Ad Reads. That's true. <laughs> He's coming That's for the true. crown. No, he, that was good. He gave it a little extra, a little flair. I like the Big Dave. Thank you, Mark. The Mark hot Sinowski. sauce, he might even say. <laughs> oh, I mean, put a little hot dare. sauce on it. Dare? When, when I brought Dave along to and to had me join my podcast, you know, my listens quadrupled just because people came in to hear him do ad reads. That's that's actually true, Mark. That's actually, <laughs> it's, it's a true story. It's actually, he's a humble guy, but um, <laughs> it, it must be telling the truth. Speaking of uh, speaking of working too hard, that Bulls defense in the fourth quarter against Detroit, Mark. How about that? I mean. Are, are you encouraged by what you saw from them defensively when they, you know, flipped the script, a seven-point deficit into a convincing six-point win in that fourth quarter? Or are you more concerned about quarters one through three where you're, you're still in a lot of hot water uh, with, with this Bulls defense that has just been falling off a cliff over the last couple of months? Yeah, I'd say we're at about DEFCON 2 in terms of level of uh, concern <laughs> with the Bulls defense right now. It was – frightening for the first three quarters and it's been bad ever since Caruso and Ball went out in January mm-hmm. you know they've gone from being a top 10 team in defensive rating now they're since those guys are out they're at the bottom of the league and something's got to change it's not just as simple as getting Ball and Caruso back on the court there have been some fundamental things that have gone wrong with the defense what happened in the fourth quarter was really a couple of Bulls veterans just challenging the pride of the whole unit you know uh, we did the podcast yesterday uh with Stacy, and he was telling me he was courtside in Detroit, and he said Tristan Thompson just lit into those guys on the bench mm. before the fourth quarter, saying, "You guys got to pick up your level of, of effort. You got to focus on what your assignments are, and you got to focus out there on, on just doing what your job is, and not just running around the court without any uh, regard to what the system is." And obviously, there was a lot of expletives thrown in there to spice it up, <laughs> but he called them out, and the guys responded. You know. There are a number of guys on the team who are not great individual defenders. So Billy Donovan and the staff have to come up with a system to try to protect some of those people. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, 
with Caruso and Ball out and Patrick Williams has been out for all season, they are going to have some issues on the defensive end. And it really has gotten to the point where it's become a major problem. But in the fourth quarter, with Tristan Thompson and DeRozan appealing to them to just work harder and stick with the system, they got some steals, which led to transition baskets. They held the Pistons to 17 points in the fourth quarter, and they won a game they absolutely had to have. If they had lost that game, the losing streak going to six, mm. I don't know where the bottom would have been. I mean, this may <laughs> help them pull themselves out of it. You know, they've got a Cleveland team coming in that's missing a couple of guys tomorrow, and, and hopefully they can win that game, start the road trip off in Sacramento with a win, and, and maybe start feeling good about themselves again. Yeah, Mark, you, you talked about uh, Tristan Thompson, and in my opinion, he's, he's kind of been everything I thought he was going to be for this team uh, when he's got here on and off the court. You mentioned, you know, him laying into those players. You know, just as a veteran, let them know they need to pick it up. Uh, what's been your impression of uh, Tristan Thompson so far with the Bulls? You know, as a player, I think he's just a guy. I, I don't think he's anything special. You know, when they were all the talk about who can the Bulls trade for, who can they get in the buyout market. I was hoping they'd get a guy with a little more versatility in terms of being able to guard people on the perimeter, maybe being able to make an outside shot on occasion to loosen up uh, opposing defenses. Tristan is just a banger. You know, he's a guy that's, that's gotten by on effort. You know, remember his, his first press conference at the United Center where he was saying he idolized Dennis Rodman and yeah. he used to watch Dennis Rodman videos before games to get him fired up. That's you know, that's dude. really who he is. He's, he's a little bit taller version of, of Dennis without, uh, you know, without the dyed hair. So, yeah. you know, I, I think he was a decent addition. I think if you play him in spots, it's okay. But don't start him and Vooch together and be really careful about how many minutes you play Tristan Thompson because he's, he's very limited, especially on the offensive end. Mm. Uh, so I also want like, in the past few games, like, we've kind of seen DeRozan not have those, like, Herculean efforts uh, that he was putting forth, you know, in February, you know, when he won a player of the month. Do you think that this is a slump, or is it just basically him coming back down to earth, you know, to hang out with us mere mortals? I think he's tired. Because, like you said, he literally carried the offense for an entire month. And I think that going to the All-Star game and, and being heavily involved in that, he was on the court at the end when Team LeBron won again, as they always do at the All-Star <laughs> yes, game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think he's just flat-out tired. They're asking a ton of him to be able to – because most of his shots, it's not like he's coming off double screens like Reggie Miller and just shooting catch-and-shoot jumpers. Mm -hmm. He's going one-on-one -on -one against guys – you know, working him on the dribble, trying to get to his spots and then shooting over the top of him. And that really takes a toll on him. I think that right now, you know, he's in his mid to late season dog days. And hopefully the fact that he scored 16 in the fourth quarter and carried him to a win over the Pistons shows that he's willing to take on even more of the load. I mean, he said after the game, if they need me to play all 48, I'll play 48. Hmm. And I think that's a great veteran leadership sign. It's a good message to the younger guys that maybe, you know, you're a little tired of playing four games and six nights or whatever it's going to be, suck it up because, you know, I'm, this is my 13th year in the league and I'm going to carry this team as far as I can take it. Does that concern you at all? I mean, Zach is obviously not 100%. Um, there have been reports saying as much. I think he was held out of practice today mm -hmm. for rest. Um, Damar obviously has this narrative about him where he hasn't been able to, you know, push it over the top in the playoffs. Do you see sort of that same thing happening this year with just how much effort he's had to expend carrying the entire Bulls offense for months at a time? It, it is a big concern because I think at this point, they're only going to go as far as DeMar DeRozan can take him. Mm -hmm. I thought Zach showed some really good signs in that game in Detroit early on. I thought there was some bounce. He was attacking the basket. He was getting to the rim easily like we're accustomed to seeing with Zach Levine. I'm sure you guys saw the play where he tried to make a save and he was wincing afterwards. Yes. And, you know, now, as you mentioned, he didn't practice today on Friday. He's questionable for tomorrow's game against the Cavs. Mm -hmm. He tweaked that knee again, and that's something that we're going to have to watch for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, getting ball back will help, but it sounds like he could be two or three weeks away. You know, he's just doing lateral cutting now. He's the last of those guys that's going to be back to return. The, the, the talk is that Caruso might play tomorrow against the Cavs, which would be fantastic. And if he doesn't play then, I'm sure he'll play on the upcoming Western road trip. But let's face it, with Zach still hobbled a little bit, DeRozan's going to have to carry the offense. And you'd love to see the Bulls be able to hang on to that four spot and get home court in the first round. But given the fact that how tough their schedule is and the injury situation, 
they could drop, and it, which means you'd have to open up the playoffs on the road. And, and after such a great season, you'd hate for it to be, you know, a quick first-round exit for the Bulls. That wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be something that would be damning about the progress of the squad. But mm-hmm. still, with the buzz they've created around town, you'd love to be able to see them have home court, win a first-round series, and, and get to the conference semis. Hmm. You, you mentioned the uh, very soon, hopefully, return of Alex Caruso and maybe that buoying this defense just a little bit. I mean, you've seen what's happened with this team's defensive numbers when he and Lonzo went out pretty much one after the other. Um, simultaneously, you know, we're talking about maybe DeMar the vet is just kind of exhausted himself a little bit for that crazy run in February. Zach Levine playing on a bum knee. People have been kind of calling out those two for – their defensive mistakes a little bit more, especially over that five-game losing streak, because you know when when the Bulls are winning and they're pouring in points, we tolerate the fact that they are you know slightly subpar to put it kindly on the defensive end. But now we're seeing their defensive weaknesses, and we've been seeing them on a team that's that's been losing. What do you see as a realistic possibility for the return of Caruso and Lonzo, putting the Bulls back into? that level of flirting with the top 10 NBA defense because they were there mm-hmm. in October, most of November, that was a top 10 defense when they had Caruso and Lonzo doing, you know, the job of five players as two players out there defensively. Do you think they can snap together their defense like that? Or, or do you think like some Bulls fans are worrying just when they come back, it doesn't mean that everything is going to be automatically solved. Well, it won't instantly turn them into a top 10 defensive unit again, but it will definitely help. Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso are two of the best on-ball perimeter defenders in the league. Mm -hmm. And you can't just take those two guys out and expect it's not going to have an impact on your overall defensive schemes. Depends on who you ask on Bulls Twitter, Mark. (laughs) What's that? I said that depends on who you ask on Bulls Twitter. Because some people... (laughs) actually believe that like oh yeah well caruso and lanzaro out so what play better defense <laughs> talking about your ongoing feud with joe collie is that what we're, we're <laughs> now, oh you mean my you mean my best pal my bff joe collie <laughs> <laughs> no but i mean the, the point is that we've seen a lot of straight line drives to the basket guards getting into the paint with very little resistance and that's got to stop if you bring lonzo ball and alex caruso out on t- on the top of your defense they're going to prevent some of that penetration into the paint because once a opposing point guard gets in the lane then your whole defense you know the alarm bells are ringing guys are out of position they're dishing it out to the wing for wide open corner threes and everything kind of falls apart as good as I always been this year you know he still has some things to learn about on ball isolation defense Drew Holiday worked him over in that game mm. at the United Center recently where in the fourth quarter on need possessions he just took the rookie down in the post and scored over the top of him now, granted, Drew Holiday is one of the best isolation scorers there are and, and one of the most physically strong point guards he's going to face. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's still got some things to learn. Kobe is a minus defender. Uh, you know, everybody gets on Zach, but DeMar's not much better. So, I mean, they've got guys on the perimeter that, that are a little bit shaky defensively. They, they need Ball and Caruso to kind of strengthen that part of the Bulls game. Yeah, you mentioned the on-ball. For me, what makes Lonzo so special is his off-ball defense and the way mm-hmm. that he – sort of quarterbacks the defense as um, as a guard. And you don't really see that that often. It's it's more the Draymond Green types. Mm-hmm. Um, Lonzo just, he's so creative in the way that he understands the game. He's flying from, you know, the corner on the baseline to the opposite corner at half court. He's just so much fun to watch. I really love him and, and hope that he can get that knee healthy because those knee injuries, not the same as the wrist where, mm-hmm. you know, you maybe come back and things are conditioning wise the same, athletically pretty much the same. Um, you know, and we're, and we're talking about it with Zach too. The the knee injuries they scare me a little bit. Yeah. So it's not well, the thing about then. Lonzo, his <laughs> anticipation is so good on the passing lanes. And how many plays have we seen when Lonzo was out there where he would deflect the pass, grab yeah. the loose ball, and then make the long go? you know, look ahead pass and they'd get an instant two points. That part of the game has kind of disappeared with him out of there. He is great at playing the passing lanes as is Caruso. And they were getting, you know, a half dozen steals a night and creating easy opportunities. And that's one thing the Bulls aren't getting as much of. They've had to grind out so many of these games with DeMar, dribble, 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 having to shoot the mid-range jumper. 
And on the days where, when that shot's not falling, you're in trouble. It really helps to be able to get those opportunity baskets where you get a steal and a quick two points. And that's what both Ball and Caruso are very good at. So, Mark, um, since the Bulls have kind of been on, you know, this losing streak, you know, of course, Bulls Nation, you know, has been in real panic mode about it. Everybody panic! <laughs> <laughs> and understandably, um, I kind of looked at it more as learning, uh, even through these losses, because, you know, this is such a young team, and people, I think, really kind of forget that. But there are only a few guys who know what winning is and what winning feels like on the scene. That's like DeMar and Caruso and, and Tristan. Like, even Lonzo, you know, is not <laughs> used to uh, winning. Right. and playing meaningful games this late. Um, do you kind of see it that way also? Like, this, they can get some lessons from this kind of losing against these elite teams? Or, or do you, are you just like, no, they're losing the last five out of six, man. This is kind of what it is. We have to be concerned about their record against the top teams in the league. I mean, they basically lost every game to the top three in the East and the Western Conference. So that doesn't bode well for what lies ahead in, in the playoffs. And when you look at particular matchups, you know, Joel Embiid has just ran roughshod over them. If they get, if they get Philadelphia, so good, let's, say, let's say it's a 3-6 matchup in round one and they're six, mm. ain't going to be around very long. So <laughs> you know, I, that's why I said I, 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 be working I hope here they can anymore. hang around at four. Maybe, you know, if you could get Cleveland in the first round, I think that's a matchup they could certainly win. Sure. Boston has been, you know, the best defensive team in the league uh, yeah. since we flipped the calendar to 2022. They've won something like 16 out of 18 games. They're only a half game behind the Bulls right now for fourth place. Boston is playing some really good basketball, and, and that would be a tough matchup as well. But I'd rather play Boston than Philly, that's for sure. Hmm. What's your, uh, like, ranking Philly, Boston, um, Bucks, Heat? Who would you – what's the order of teams you would least like to face to most like to face? I guess you just named two there, so – between the Heat and the Bucks, who would you prefer? Yeah, I, I, I think the team they want to avoid at all costs is Philadelphia. Not only is, is Embiid killed them, but when you get beaten that badly in four games during the regular season, it's going to carry have some carryover effect, I think, into a playoff series. I think after that, the next team that you'd want to avoid is Miami, just because mm -hmm. of the way they play defense. You know, when they went down to South Beach a few weeks ago, they just got taken to the woodshed. Yeah. I mean, Miami was double-teaming DeMar in the first quarter. The Bulls had like eight turnovers in the first 12 minutes, and they looked shell-shocked out there. Like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, these guys are everywhere. They got eight guys <laughs> on the court, and, you know, they got Bam Adebayo, a center who can switch one through five. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, when he wants to, is a, is a force defensively. Kyle Lowry's kind of been in and out of the lineup for injuries and personal reasons. He's missed a bunch of games, but, you know, he'll be there at playoff time. And they've got mm -hmm. P.J. Tucker, who's a, who's a dog in the front court. That's a team that I think would, the Bulls would have problems with. And then I think Milwaukee would be the, the, the third team that you'd probably want to avoid. But let's face it, you got to play somebody. See, and that's yeah. why if they, could get, if they can get four, that would be critical. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, if, if somehow they could get a Cleveland matchup, that would be ideal. And last one for me is, what's your take on the Nets? They have been up and down all season, lost 12, I think, in a row at one point. And then, and then last night just the Sixers smoked night. the Sixers mm -hmm. by, like, 35. Uh, to me, they have a huge upside mm -hmm. if things go right, but who knows? It's kind of like a, a mess over there. So curious to hear your thoughts about the Nets. Well, you know, Kyrie is the ultimate enigma in the NBA with mm. his crazy ideas about a lot of facets of life, but – the guy can hoop. Uh, you know, he had that 50-point game 50 the other day. He is a remarkable insane. talent. I mean, he is an isolation scorer. You know, he, he did the old Uncle Drew movie where, you know, he put on the old man's garb and, and was lighting yeah. people up. He, he's, just a, he's just a hooper. You know, he can score. He can roll out of bed, and, and he can score against anybody. Uh, the, the question's going to be, what's going to happen with the, the New York COVID mandates? Are those going to change? Uh, he can't go into Canada and play if they would happen to get the Raptors in a, in a playoff series or a play-in game, which is, which is very possible at this point. So Kevin Durant, in my way of thinking, is still the best player in the world. Hmm. No one can stop Kevin Durant from scoring at 6'11", 7 feet. He shoots over the top of anybody. He can drive to the basket. He can block shots when he wants to on the defensive end. And I like some of the acquisitions they made. I mean, to get Seth Curry and, and Andre Drummond just thrown in in that trade is pretty remarkable. And if they get Ben Simmons going, even if all he does is play defensive rebound, mm -hmm. that's a nice addition to them. You could play the kind of the Matisse Thibel role with them. So, you know, they could be one of the first stories we'll see somebody coming out of the play-in and possibly getting all the way to the finals because they certainly have the talent to do that. I, I think that they're a very dangerous team, especially 
if Kyrie is allowed to play all games when they get to the playoffs. Yeah, good point. We're talking with Mark Janowski here on CHGO Bulls Podcast Live Friday. It's the weekend, y'all. We're hanging out with Mark. We've got a few more for him, so stick around. But first, just another reminder, if you enjoy what we're doing here so far at CHGO, this being our first full week, our launch week, and you want us to keep doing this, one way to help us continue to grow is to download that PointsBet app and use promo code CHGO. When you sign up, not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership. You'll be a member of our family. Unlocking all kinds of our awesome, exclusive web content. You'll even get a free <laughs> shirt of your choice free. from the CHGO locker. Plus, there's the Discord that's for oh, members only. Yes. Hang out with us there. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. Oh. Use your phone. Use it. It's so easy. Yes. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for, people? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Yes. Now, Mark, how do you judge that one, Mark? What, what, do, you, what do you think of Matt's ad read right there? As a veteran teleprompter reader, I, I was w- wondering, where's the teleprompter? That was really good. I mean, you, did that, you got that committed to memory. Right, here, right hands, here in my lap. Really good, really good stuff, Matt. You guys both did great. I'm not going to lie, Mark. I missed those teleprompters at NBC. <laughs> made my life so easy. I could stare yeah, at the camera the and secret. read words I'm supposed to speak at the same time? <laughs> Come on. That's awesome. Uh, most all right. of my life reading teleprompters. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Mark, we actually were talking to our fellow Bulls fans on an episode earlier Hi. about expectations and whether or not they should shift or, or, or if the goalposts should move, if you want to call it that way, mm. compared to what we thought this team was going to be when we were gearing up for the preseason, compared to what we've been through and where we are now. I think a lot of reasonable people were thinking – if the Bulls can avoid that play-in and at least finishes the sixth seed in a very competitive East, you call that a step, a solid step in the right direction mm-hmm. and a successful step. Now, because the Bulls have this amazing, you know, top five MVP season from DeMar mm-hmm. and we're holding the one seed for a while, there are, as you see, the most recent Eastern Conference standings, the Bulls three and a half games back of mm-hmm. Miami. It seems like a lot of Bulls fans have changed their expectations and are now talking about uh, how disappointing it would be and, and calling the season a failure if they were to draw a difficult matchup in the first round and get bounced in the first round. Where do you sit on that spectrum of remeasuring this season's success compared to initial expectations? Well, it's kind of like we talked about earlier, the fact that because everyone was so excited about this quick Bulls turnaround, they started getting over their skis a little bit. You know, the Bulls are first mm. in the East. Is Billy Donovan going to be the coach for the Eastern Conference All-Star team and all those things like that. And, you know, it wasn't really realistic. You know, some of the teams had been missing guys in the first half of the season. You know, you're talking about Milwaukee and Miami and Philadelphia and Brooklyn, that those were the teams that were supposed to be the heavyweights in the East. And the Bulls took advantage of the fact that they had their roster pretty solid until until January hit, and they were able to get out in front of those teams. I think if they can get to the conference semis, it's been a fantastic season. And, and that would be a fantastic goal for the Bulls in this really this first year of the transition from being a rebuild to being a team that's looking to do some things in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the job that Arturis Karnischewicz and Mark Eversley has done, you can't say enough of how remarkable it is to engineer this quick of a turnaround in the span of two years. I mean, they turned mm-hmm. over the entire roster with the exception of uh, Zach Levine and Kobe White. And, you know, to bring in the guys that they have, to have the pieces fit together as well as they have, has really been remarkable. When the season began, I was thinking maybe they win 44 to 46 games. And like you mentioned, hopefully get that sixth seed Mm -hmm. to avoid the play-in tournament. Now, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you were thinking they're a lock to win 50 games. I remember somebody asked me a question on a podcast where they needed to go 12 and 11 to get to 50 wins. And I'm like, oh, that's a lock. Well, I don't think they're going to get 50 anymore, and that's mostly because of the injury situation. But I don't think that should really uh, reduce the excitement that Bulls fans should have about the future of this team. Now, granted, neither DeMar 
or Vucevic are young guys, so the window may not be as wide open as it would be. But the way professional sports go, there are no five-year windows anymore. you got to strike while the iron's hot. And we now have a general manager in place who is poised and ready to do that. Mm. That actually brings up a, a question for me, strike while the iron is hot. Something we talked about uh, last night? No, two nights ago. Wow. Mm. I miss you guys. I didn't see I you know, yesterday. Man. Off day yesterday a whole day felt like a lot of podcast. <laughs> but we were talking about sort of this idea of, you know, looking back on the Jeremy Grant trade rumors. Mm-hmm. Um, they have that window. They have that opportunity. There aren't these five-year windows for teams anymore. What, what was your stance on that at the time in terms of do you think it would have been wise to trade Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant? And did you, did you change your opinion um, now looking back at it? Well, I'm still riding with AK. If he thought Patrick Williams Hmm. was that good that he took him with the fourth pick in the draft, which most observers around the league thought was quite a reach because Mm -hmm. Patrick Williams didn't start a game in college, only played the one year at Florida State, and people really didn't know that much about him coming into the draft. If AK thinks that he's got the potential to be a future impact player in the league, I'm going to ride with him on that. Jeremy Mm -hmm. Grant is is a good NBA player. He's a good scorer, but I don't think he puts you over the top in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, if there was if there was a home run deal out there and, and Jeremy Grant was not that, yeah, maybe you make that trade. Right. I would have been in favor of a smaller move if you could have found uh, a power forward or a versatile center that you could have got for Kobe White. I would have done that. And I'm sure AK explored those options. They probably just didn't find a trade that really made a lot of sense. And at that point, as you remember, the trade deadline, you know, they had two guards out. They really couldn't afford to just give up Kobe White for nothing. I think Kobe's going to get traded this summer because Kobe and his representatives, he was the seventh pick in the draft. He's eligible for a, an extension to his rookie deal this summer. Mm-hmm. You know how it works in the NBA. They're always going to compare their stats to somebody else and say, my guy deserves four for $64 million. And AK is going to laugh, and, and then they're going to trade him. <laughs> oh, you know what one of the greatest things in the world is? Is hearing Mark Schanowski give a take about basketball nba basketball Mm -hmm. that you agree with 100 and have actually said out loud yourself doesn't that feel good mark when you said that (laughs) thing about jeremy grant not putting the bulls over the top i'm like i said that i said that two days ago (laughs) it's such a good feeling uh and, and look i'm with you what do you think about the the fact that yes people saw it as a reach talking about patrick williams on draft night but we also heard things like the 48 hours leading up to that draft night they're like, oh, this team loves Patrick Williams. This team's enamored with Patrick Williams. The Pistons being one of those teams, I think that was a big reason why those Jeremy Grant for P-Dub rumors had some steam to them yeah. leading up to this year's deadline is that he was flying up other teams' draft boards. Do you believe that that talk leading up to that draft was true? And, and do you see valid reason for that? I don't believe anything I hear leading up to the draft because everybody's mm. lying. You know? mm. No one's telling the truth <laughs> heading into a draft. You know, the one thing that, that I said repeatedly going into that draft is LaMelo Ball has to be the number one pick. And if he's not, some team is going to regret it. I was hoping to hell that Michael Jordan, for some weird reason, because he's made some weird basketball decisions over time, would not want to take on the Ball family for his franchise and that Ball would slip to four. I love Lonzo. Oh, man, can you imagine Lonzo and LaMelo together? Uh, I don't know if that would have happened. Obviously, if we had LaMelo, I don't think they would have had a a need for Lonzo. But people were so put off by the fact he had a funky shot and he was skinny and he kind of bounced around a little bit from high school to overseas and all that. And people thought he was just a troublemaker. But, you know, he's been great for that Charlotte franchise, and he's going to be one of the stars of the league going forward. Unfortunately, they couldn't get him. You know, Charlotte took him at three. But the hope is that Patrick Williams – can avoid injury going forward, and we can see what kind of player that he eventually can become. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be Kawhi Leonard like some right. people have projected. I mean, I would never put that on the young guy. He doesn't have to be Kawhi Leonard to be a big difference maker for this Bulls team. They've got scoring in the backcourt. They're going to have one more year of, of Vucevic in the paint. Uh, if he can just be a guy that gives you 12 to 14 points, seven or eight rebounds and plays good defense, that would be a wonderful thing for this Bulls team to add because – as good as Javante Green has been, the guy's 6'4", and he's, he's badly playing out of position. It's true. Um, Mar, one of the things when we got Billy Donovan, one of my only concerns about him 
and I said I wouldn't worry about it until it got here, and it feels like it's kind of getting here, is, was his playoff rotations. Like, I know how he was very staunch in, yo, I'm only running seven or I'm running this, and that's it. And it doesn't matter about who we're playing or what they match up as. This is what I'm running as. But it seems like with this Bulls team that when they're healthy, there are so many guys to kind of choose from on their bench about who's going to get the playing time and what. What do you see as Billy Donovan's kind of playoff rotation when they get there? Well, you expect that most of those games are going to be close. I hope that, especially in the second half, he goes offense-defense more than he's shown through the first 66 games of the season. Because right now they, they kind of have a division as to what guys can hold up defensively and what guys can't. And obviously there's not going to be a stoppage of play on after every basket where you can shuffle guys in and out. But I think you have to be judicious on how you use your timeouts and, and free-throw line situations to maybe go a little bit more offense-defense. He's going to really have a conundrum with the five guards if everybody's healthy. You can't play five guards in a playoff series. Now, granted, they're probably going to have three guards on the court at all times. So that, that way you, you can kind of maximize your depth there. But either Io or Kobe aren't going to play very much in the playoffs. If it were me, I'd play Io and I'd tell Kobe, you know, I might use you if, if we're really – we need some instant offense. Say you're going into the second quarter and you're down 12 and everybody's missing their shots. Maybe you see if Kobe can catch fire, but he's not a great defender. And I think that that's going to show in a playoff series. So I would guess that, that Kobe White won't play that much in a postseason series. I think Derek Jones and Troy Brown disappear. And of course, you won't see Tony Bradley anymore. Oh, thank you. Say that again, Mark. <laughs> and and what's, what's, what's amazing about what Mark is saying is it's the fact that Io is a rookie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. We're like, yeah, we'll take this rookie over, over Kobe White. He's and, earned it. And, and he's earned mm -hmm. it, and it feels like the right decision, correct? Uh, all right, Mark, last one, and then we'll let you go. My, my pal Big Dave here has a love affair with John Morant. That love affair with John Morant started with your love affair of John Morant yes, when did. he was playing college ball yes, and we were did. watching games together at NBC. Um, what do you make of this season he's having? And do you think that he should be talked about more in this MVP convo? They're fighting Golden State for the two seed in the West right now. But most everybody's saying Jokic and Embiid or Embiid and Jokic and then Giannis three and then kind of like Ja DeMar four and five. What's your take on that MVP and the season Jaws having? Well, John Moran is unquestionably the most exciting player in the league. And what he's done with that Memphis Grizzlies roster is remarkable. They, they've done a good job of drafting in Memphis. They've brought in a lot of good young pieces. And I think that uh, Taylor Jenkins has done a good job of, of molding it all together. But Jaws the guy that makes it go. I mean, if you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan, it's kind of like the experience we had watching Derrick Rose back in 08 and 09 when you never knew what he was going to do. Jumping over the top of people, dunking with two hands over centers, uh, one-man fast break, just, just bringing you out of your seat on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. That is what John Moran is doing, and he's a better outside shooter than Derrick. Now, I'm not saying that, that Derrick wouldn't have been a better player had he not been hurt, but John Moran brings you the same kind of thrills that the pre-knee injury Derrick Rose did. And when you think about how important Derrick Rose was to the city of Chicago and to the NBA at that point, John Morant's doing the same things. Mm -hmm. You could make the argument that he deserves to be the MVP because he's taken a young Memphis team. They have a better record than Golden State right now. For them to finish with the second seed, if they do, over Golden State would be pretty remarkable. I'm not downgrading anything that, that Jokic or Embiid have done, but I think that Morant is right there with him. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen... The one, the only, Mark Shanowski. Gary. Catch him calling Windy City Bulls games on NBC Sports Chicago. That's right. You can watch the Windy City Bulls on TV, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> and you will hear and see Mark there calling those games. Catch him making his hits for ABC7 Chicago, as well as Marquee and Stadium. And most importantly, mm. download and listen to the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. They got <laughs> Dominique on. Dominique. Mark, we appreciate you, man. All the best, sir. We love you. We love you. Hey, I wish you guys all the success in the world. I know so many people that are involved with this operation. It's going to be a wonderful thing for Chicago sports fans. And it's so great that the three of you and, and Mark over in Australia are talking Bulls hoops on a regular basis. The city needs more talk about the Bulls, and you guys are, are, are great to bring it to them. So thanks for having me on, and I look forward to following uh, the venture as you guys proceed. Appreciate thanks. you, Mark. still Mark. silly that we know you, Mark. It's crazy that we talk to you. You're the best, man. You're the best. Enjoy your weekend, sir.
Thank you, guys. All right. That's Mark Shanowski, Mark Shanowski, man. He was the first one to tell me about John Moran. I'll never forget it because it was when John had that dunk in college where he just basically jumped over the entire team. Yep. And I was like, whoa. And, you know, some people think it was, you know, just all flash in the pan kind of thing. Mark Shanowski was like, this, this dude might be the best player in college. Like, he was really having that conversation with me, like this dude. Yeah, he like, wasn't pretending. He was no, just the next. Uh, no, and next I thought great two star things. out of Murray State, like Cameron Payne. <laughs> right, right. And I thought two things when I while he was saying that. One, why are you talking to me like we're colleagues? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you doing that? Where is our freaking neuralizer? <laughs> oh, you need that. Yeah. Did he mention no, camp? I, I got you. That. That's, oh, a, that's a Friday that's, night. I'm not the one. Beer. I'm not the there one who go. brought up campaign. He did. He did. Neuralize him, right. sir. There you go. All right. But man, dude, yeah, like I said, it was two things I was thinking. I, thank you, Lawrence. I, I couldn't believe, first of all, I couldn't believe I, that he was talking to me like I was a colleague and he respected my opinion. That freaked me out. But the second thing was, if Mark Janowski is sitting here saying this about John Moran, I think must he's right. You know what I'm saying? It must be a thing about he's it. He's even exceeded, I was very high on him yeah. in the draft. I thought he would have been, because that was a year where the Bulls were kind of vying for a top pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, yeah. I can't remember who they ended up taking that year. Kobe. It was, it was Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Ja was the savior. I know we yeah, use that word I agree. a lot no, on this podcast, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, he obviously <laughs> it works here though. He's even exceeded what I thought he would be. And if you, I think the the narrative and the market in Chicago would have been that much bigger, that much yeah. better. And yeah. I think you would be talking about him as an MVP <laughs> if he was putting together this season on mm-hmm. the Bulls. So I wanted him so so bad. And I had to tell you, like it, it wasn't about Zion for me. It was it was all about John Morant. That's the person I wanted. And that's the person I needed in my life. And I'm just happy he's having that success in Memphis. That's great. Wish it was here. It's great for the league to yeah. have these smaller well, get my John Moran jersey mm-hmm. with such great players. So great very, point. Yes, yes. It's very excited for yes, them. With, with all the talk about the Bulls missing all these guys and being short in their rotation and who's coming back when and the use of the word savior. Mm-hmm. Like if you just did like a, one of those word clouds – <laughs> of this podcast of Bulls Twitter over like the last a you know Bulls couple Twitter of weeks, bingo month, card. <laughs> like and didn't know that it was a podcast about the Bulls, you would think it was one of those you know like Bible study channels. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, no, they wouldn't say that. As soon as they see you, they're like, nah, this well, no, 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 no. Peck is here. They're like, no, nah, this ain't it. They maybe, but Peck, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> uh, our pal Mark K saying about Mark S. Shinowski, oh. best Mark to appear on this podcast. As much as we love you, Mark K. I think you're right. <laughs> Mark Shinowski is a freaking legend. I like, love Mark I still love you, Mark Yeah, I, 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 I can't say that. Yeah. But for real, I, like I said it when we were welcoming Mark in, he's in the last dance documentary <laughs> as a dude covering the Bulls. It's incredible, man. Like, And, and the hair has mm. always been amazing for a very long time. It has been absolutely special. I mean, I remember the first time we walked into the green room at NBC Sports Chicago, mm. and he was in the little makeup room off the green room getting ready yeah. for pregame. Yeah. And he had, you know, like the napkin around yeah. the collar. Yeah. And, not the, right. and, like, I saw his hair, and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's even more perfect up close <laughs> than it is on television. And Mark K agrees, you know, better hair, smoother voice. And now <laughs> Mark, are you going to be, Mark. are you going to join us tomorrow night? Are you back on the show? <laughs> I'll be honest. Those are from a little earlier. So I don't know. He may have gone asleep or what? It's the future. Where, what time is it? I don't know. <laughs> it is the future. Yeah, to jump in the time. Like it's next week yeah. there. Did they win the Cavs game? Daytime future. <laughs> I'm going to get the lotto numbers. I promise you. It's 11.15 a.m. for him. And, so. uh, okay. and, and okay. speaking of tomorrow's pre and post game. Wow, that's game, early. Um, we've, we've got another guest coming on tomorrow. Oh. Another familiar face for oh. people who might know a little thing Dave and I did called Bulls Outsiders. Little thing. Uh, and he will be here mm. in studio. You promise? Hanging out with us. Oh, wow. Fingerless gloves have been requested. <laughs> I don't think people are ready for this. I, 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 I am, I dude. Know, I haven't seen Samine in months. Yeah, it's been a minute. Months. We talk all the time, but yeah, we I am seen already bracing myself for how much he won't shut up about Luca. <laughs> like it's gonna happen. But holy crap, have you seen Luca's stri- oh, streak of games? <laughs> I'm on that level. Oh, I yeah. love Luca Doncic. <laughs> yeah, man. I was I was pulling for the Bulls to draft Luca. I think like two years before <laughs> he was drafted, he was playing in Eurobasket or something, mm-hmm. and I saw, like, three straight possessions. It was, like, step back three, mm-hmm. like, step back and then throw, like, a no-look lob pass. Yeah. And I was just like, this guy's going to win MVP one day. <laughs> I and make fun of my – I still believe that. I make fun of my friend uh, Chris uh, from Ball on Bulls all the time because he was not on the Luka Doncic bandwagon when it first started. And after every game, his rookie season, I'd be like, 
That's another 30 point triple double, man. <laughs> you still got to feel that way. <laughs> it took him months to get there to be like, okay, yeah, he's great. I have a friend from my old job at Bleacher Report, Aaron Siegel. I'm going to call you out right here Ooh, because spicy. he was not only was he big on Bagley, but he said Luca was, and I quote, Rudy Gay with the passport. Wow. wow. That's, that's almost as wow. as some of the things that our pal C. Red Fred said about Luca. <laughs> that is C. Red Fred. God, I know him so well. <laughs> well, you know, because I know that Mark Kane uh-huh. would want that to be pointed out Again. because he has dragged Fred for his takes on Luca. Since we all learned that Luca was one of the five best superstar players in the league, and Fred was like, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> he was all, dude, because you weren't here for this, but the day when, when Fred came on Bulls Outsiders, <laughs> Matt, Matt wasn't there, but the day he came on Bulls Outsiders, and John Say had never met him. He he'd never, he just, you know, knew, knew about the legend of it. Yes. And, and the, the legend <laughs> exists. And the legend is the real. The legend of C Red Fred Man. is very real. So one of, We love you, Fred. Dude, when he got there, and he starts telling John that Jared Jackson Jr. is better than Luka Doncic. The, the way John lost his mind. <laughs> and he was like, I can't believe he did that to me. He's he pulling out stats. He wanted to break it down. He for, took it personal. For, he took it so personal. It it's was the, amazing. The MJ from the doc. And I took that personally. And I took that yeah. personally, yes. And again, I'm going to say it. We need to see Red Fred counter on here, Lawrence. <laughs> if many times he get mentioned on the show, it needs to be a counter. I, I will get work all on right, that. All right, all right. Just say it, man. It's, it's going to happen Shout out again. to Lawrence back there. He's putting in work today. He's doing work. Yeah. Great guy. Thank He's doing you. work. Tail off He's today. doing work. Much appreciated. Shout out to producers. Producers <laughs> are great. Meanwhile, yes, they are. Mark Gay saying, podcast, new rule, just never mention SRF. It's impossible, though. <laughs> it's really, truly impossible. C-Red, C-Red Ted mentions only. Oh, oh shout out. Shout out to the little one. One of the little one of the little Bulls fans down his way, man. He's starting them early. Uh, All right, guys. We just got a couple minutes left here. Uh, Looking ahead, we will have a full pregame for you guys tomorrow night, 6:30 p.m. Central Time, right here on the YouTube channel. Bulls Cavs. I am terrified that Zach is gonna have to sit out again. Mm -hmm. Assuming that Zach is a go, like Vooch was listed as questionable again today. Assuming everybody's playing and Caruso is back in there. Bulls make it two straight wins? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Cleveland's is reeling. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of coming down to earth like we just talked about with DeMar. Um, Which is good because they were yeah. right there. They were right there. the Bulls heels in the yeah. standings. They kind of still are. That's true. They are. Yeah, they're, they're definitely right still nipping those heels, man. But, Game and a half behind them. Yeah. But, yeah, they've definitely been reeling and going through a few things and realizing, you know, they're still a young team, you know, having to take their lumps, you know what I'm saying, in Eastern Conference. But I'm not saying, that, like, they're still not formidable because they are super formidable. They are huge. And we definitely know that's one of the Bulls' issues at that size. And Jared Allen is now going to miss a ton of time with the finger, uh, which I believe he broke. Mm -hmm. Um, Ricky Rubio is out for the season, sadly, towards ACL. So they're not the same team that was – Colin Sexton also. Colin Colin Sexton Sexton. got injured right at the beginning of the year. They're not the same team that they were when they were really on their hot streak. I think Mm -hmm. they're 4-6 and in the last 10, Mm -hmm. but on a two-game win streak. So another one of those teams that you can't just – Waltz into the arena and playoff Rondo. Win the game. Don't forget playoff Rondo's there now. Playoff dough. <laughs> playoff dough. <laughs> so they're going to have to, yeah, I think they, they have a real opportunity to win three in a row here with the they Kings do. on Monday. And I would be, I think it'd be a failure to not win these three games. Oh, yeah. Wow. Really? Look at that. Hitting the they need all three. Out. All right. Failure not allowed. I dig it, <laughs> they man. They need all three. Uh, AK, real quick before we get out of here, if the Bulls beat a top team, will Matt shave off the mustache? Uh, if you let me define what a top team is, mm. I, I've I've already talked about it. Once summertime weather hits, yeah. this thing's coming off. Yeah, this summertime just, pick. Yeah. This is a CHGO launch mustache. <laughs> this is a let's get through the end of winter mustache, and and that's what it is. It's still snowing outside. It, there is snow on the ground. <laughs> Literally snow. My on God, the those ground. those poor people who are going out partying for St. Patty's, Chicago tomorrow, mm. wear layers. <laughs> I don't really that feel sorry for you. Cold. They're, they're, they'll, be, they'll be they'll be all, all you young people who are <laughs> going to come down cold, for man. the river die. Yeah. You forgot and, about it. I forgot about the cold. Yeah. Not, oh my god! Being on dude. the west, I'm not adjusting. <laughs> I am. <laughs> California weather so, so is you, nice. So you it will is. not be out with the drunks early tomorrow be, morning uh, at the river die <laughs> with my blanket <laughs> in the basement. In front of the fire. There's a draft. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. That's it for tonight. We are out of here. We will be back. 6.30 Central Time, Chicago Time, pregame right here at our studios. West Loop, Chicago, CHGO Bulls. Follow us on that YouTube channel. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. And sign up for your membership. Yes. Get that exclusive written content. 
Like stuff from that guy, Will. And? Like or my pecking order. order. Column that dropped today. Trademark. Sign up. Get a t-shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Follow Will on Twitter at Won't Got Leave. Dave's at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. I am at Bulls underscore Peck. Forgot for a second. We are at <laughs> C-H-G-O underscore Bulls. For our producer, Lawrence. Tell Lawrence he's awesome. Gentlemen, and our amazing Thank guest, you. Mark Shinowski. Hey. One more time. I'm Matt. See you tomorrow. Bulls Nation. See Red be good.